Good afternoon, folks. I'm Katie Ganaway, and you're listening to Arts Underground. This is another installment of Funny You Should Ask, and today we have the one, the only, Jason Sims. Hello, Jason. Hello, Katie. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. Okay. This is very somber to start out yeah, with. It is very somber. This yeah. is public radio. <laughs> are you starting to say something? No, I, I love public radio. I'm a longtime WLRH listener Aww. and an avid listener to the Arts Underground, so I'm like wow. really excited to be here. Yeah. Well, thank you. Can't you tell? <laughs> no, actually, I actually am excited. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the biggest thing coming up for you lately, and that is Comedy Test Kitchen. Oh, yeah, Comedy Test Kitchen. Yeah, It's yeah. exciting. So we're living in exciting times. So can you tell me about how you got that idea formulated in your head and out into the world, mm-hmm. or is going to be out in the world, rather? Hopefully, yeah. Um, so stand-ups have open mics uh, where you can go and try out jokes, and then uh, improvisers, they have rehearsals, or they have jams, but if you want to do sketch or you want to do like weird character stuff or you want to do like some kind of high concept thing, artsy comedy thing, there's nowhere in Huntsville to try that out. And the main driver for me was sketch because I've always been interested in doing sketch. So there was nothing like that. So like several years ago, I had the idea to do something called Comedy Test Kitchen, but at that time you couldn't find venues Mm -hmm. because it was either the venue, because I've done... A lot of improv in coffee shops and bars, and it doesn't work because improv is theater, and sketch is certainly theater. It's silly theater, but it's theater, and you need to do theater in a theater. Because they, it seems like they might not pay attention as much if you're in a they, coffee shop They might or not when they're yelling at, if they're mispronouncing somebody's name, trying to give them a, <laughs> a macchiato while you're sitting there trying to portray the tragedy and triumph of human life. Uh, yeah. So thankfully, now we have Shenanigans Comedy Theater. Mm-hmm. And because of Shenanigans Comedy Theater, the improv community has really grown and expanded. So I would love to see us build a foundation for like those things like sketch and character pieces and stuff that's so weird that I don't even know what it's going to be. And this is sort of an add-on to a troupe that you're part of, which is Rocket City Improv. Can you talk a little bit about that? We have had uh, Matt Carter and yes. formerly Sparky Shelton on the show before. Who's dead to us because he left. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I did not say that. That was my friend Jason over here. <laughs> That's something we uh, say in the improv community when someone leaves, oh. that they're dead to us. But they're not really. We love we love Sparky. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Rocket City is, this is no insult to other people I've improvised with because I love all of them. And I've learned so much from all of them. But Rocket City is is my favorite troupe I've ever been a part of. And you've lived in Philadelphia. You've lived. Can you can you go more into that? Yeah. Some um, other places you've done improv. Yeah. Well, here's the funny thing. <laughs> I lived in Philadelphia. I lived in New Jersey. I lived in Washington D.C. And I lived in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Not in that order. Uh, during the <laughs> pandemic. So the funny thing was, is I went up to Philadelphia because I had friends in Philadelphia and I had friends in New Jersey, and I had friends in New York, and they said, hey, come up, and we'll get you on some stages. And the first time I visited Philadelphia, I was going to go to a show to watch it, and before the day was up, I was in the show. It was like a friend of a friend, but he kind of knew of me from other things, mm-hmm. and he said, hey, come be in the show. So I like, visited and got to be in a show, so I was like, oh, if I live <laughs> up there, mm-hmm. this will be, I was there for three days and was in a show. It was at this place called Good Good Comedy Theater, rest in peace, Good Good Comedy Theater. Aww. All that remains of it is the t-shirt that I have that says Good Good Comedy <laughs> Theater, which I, it no longer fits me. <laughs> so moved up to Philadelphia in um, 
February of 2020, and spoiler warning, not long after that, the world ended for a little while. Dang. And everything closed. So I didn't really get to do any improv or performance while I was this up north. This is all your fault, Jason. I'd probably. Yeah, I'm probably. Just yeah. It's not your fault. No, thank you. I feel better. I feel assuaged of my guilt. <laughs> Um, so I don't know what I was talking about. Oh, Rocket City, Rocket City. So Rocket City, it's just kind of like one of those things where you like if you like you if you have like a good band that everybody like, has a different kind of energy and plays like a dis- different instrument, so to speak. But we all like are in on the same beat. We all like can almost sense what we're headed towards before it becomes obvious. Mm-hmm. We have two formats that we do. I say this with all humility, and I will say this definitely with all humility because they developed the main show we do, which is Stories, Stories on Stage. They developed that while I was in Philadelphia. So mm-hmm. I just showed up, and they had this great show mm-hmm. that I just got to plug myself into and take part of the credit for it, which I really shouldn't, but I will. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, so it's just a joy to play with those people because we're just um, we're kind of in tune with each other. Everybody, like, kind of fits in their own niche in the ecosystem, and they're all really funny. They're all really funny. And the the upcoming show that's going to be your debut for Comedy mm-hmm. Test Kitchen, uh, the show that's prior to that is a sort of rom-com. Yes. Uh, poking fun at Hallmark Valentine's Day-esque yes. movies. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about what yeah. they can expect? Yeah. So, so for our holiday show, around the holidays, it's harder to get a speaker. Our Stories on Stage show, we have a speaker come tell stories, and then we do scenes based on those stories. Uh, it was getting hard to kind of find a speaker. Beth Ridgway is the one who does all of our. We make amazing, Beth do everything, amazing basically. Amazing person. Yeah. Oh my God, we make her do everything, and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, everybody else is dudes. It's like we, the one lady does all the work. I don't know. Hmm. I don't. It's a, it's a new thing we're How trying out. It's a new thing we're trying out. <laughs> we're workshopping it. Uh, no, but she is the. You know, she's like mm-hmm. super. So um, we're having trouble finding people. So we decided let's just. Uh, and she wasn't going to be able to be in the show, so she picked out some Hallmark Christmas movies and just wrote the titles down, and then she printed off the synopsis, synopsis, summaries. And the audience was just given the title of two movies. They had to pick one. The summary was read, and then we kind of improvised a, ver- a version of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really fun, so we decided, let's do that again. We didn't know if it'd work. Like, we were prepared at the half to do something else in the second <laughs> half if it didn't work. But when we went to the green room, we were all like, we're going to keep doing it because mm-hmm. it was great. It was fun. We decided to do that again for uh, February in honor of Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to do rom-coms. Uh, so it'll be the same kind of deal where you're going to have just two titles, two ridiculous titles to choose from, and then we'll read the summary, and then we will improvise our version of that movie. And these are movies we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it, it's fun. And Jason, you're into more obscure humor. You're into more obscure yeah. things in general in life. I will never be successful. Yeah, that's what you're saying. That's the <laughs> no, subtext. That's Everyone, that's the all. subtext here. Katie Ganaway is, is I'm uh, I saying this. She's not saying that. <laughs> Katie Ganaway wishes me no ill will. Can you talk about how you got into this type of the type of humor category that you're into now? Like, like how, weird stuff? How would you describe yourself and how did you get there? Oh, my word. Well, we don't have time. Uh, I had the oxygen <laughs> cut off to my brain for a little while when I was a infant. That's true. Oh, oh. That's actually oh, it's funny. No, it's you can laugh at that because like, it's kind of because I lived. Because you lived. I lived. But uh, I could tell you that story. It's quick. Uh, sure. Okay. So I was born on Christmas Eve. So my when I was a year old, around a year old, my parents were at a Christmas party, and my father was holding me over his shoulder, and I grabbed a balloon, mm-hmm. and I popped the balloon, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. or I deflated it. So I probably didn't pop it because my father had no idea. He's talking to people, right? Hold me. I swallow this balloon. I get it lodged in my throat. Mm. And my mother is across the room talking to somebody else. She looks across the room. By the time she sees me, my face is reportedly blue. This is a real great story. Ooh, this is a good go story on, to tell. Yeah. So uh, she runs across the room and she puts her finger down my throat and pulls the balloon out. Mm-hmm. But by that time, my face had gotten almost black. Like I had the oxygen cut off to my brain as an infant for a significant period of time. And I attribute a lot of things in my life to that. <laughs> Uh, that I ne- I just never really felt like I saw the world in the same way as most other people. I never really felt like I fit in, mm-hmm. uh, not even in an aggressive way, just like in a very kind of chill way. Did not fit in with either side of my family, although I love them very much. And I had I do have a few people in the in, on both sides of my family that I feel like get me. So comedy would have been an anchor for you. Maybe up. it was. I think comedy a was a way for me to make sense out of the world because. Mm-hmm. Because like human beings, we're the part of the universe that sees the world and and knows it's there. Mm-hmm. Like we we're we're part of the universe, just like this tape, just like this desk and the walls and everything else. But they don't, as far as we know, look at the universe and go, "Oh wow, there's stuff here. It's amazing." I think that comedians and uh, artists and people that have a highly developed sense of the absurd, they look at the universe and go, "It's amazing, but it's also ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. It's it's." weird and absurd or whatever mm-hmm. so i think i always had a highly developed sense of just like the weirdness and um absurdity of the universe and i think comedy not to make too much out of it because i ba- i do it because i like to hear people laugh mm-hmm. <laughs> and because i have this need for strangers to approve of a thing i'm doing mm-hmm. no idea why probably the oxygen again but um i i think that it is like a tool i have always used to kind of um, maybe make sense out of a place that doesn't make sense sometimes. Yeah. And also it's a deflection. It's a protection. Um, you know, I was defense, a defense. A defense. Yeah. Uh, and I don't I wasn't like really bullied or anything, but it's just like we all have insecurities and we all have um, uh, we all have times when we feel like we're attacked or whatever, or we feel like we're mistreated. And I think I'm tend to be more sensitive than the average person mm. uh, in, a, in not in not in good ways and also in ways that make life hard. Uh, so I think humor became like a defense uh, in that way. And yeah. where, where did you get those influences? Were there people you knew or were oh, well, they like family, records my, you listened to? Well, or? my mother's family, they're all funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we laugh at funerals. We laugh in ICUs. Uh, we laugh when you get bad news. I mean, that's one of the ways – they dealt with things. They were Baptists and they didn't drink. Mm-hmm. So that's what they had to do <laughs> was laugh. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And, and just, I mean, I, you know, I just gravitated like, you know, I, I watched a lot of television. Like mm-hmm. I watched a lot. Like I watched your share of television, my share of television, t- probably 12 people's share of television. Yeah. Uh, so I watched a lot of television. So I'd see like I always, I always loved sketch. Like I was born same year Saturday Night Live went on there. And um, I love like the old carol burnett show and i loved um just any kind of anytime i'd see like sketch i really liked it because there's something about a thing being having characters in it and a story and it's like done in so it's more of the structure that you were attracted to not so much like individual people yeah i did i did like i mean you know there's you, you're far, not trying to be the next richard Pryor no, or anything I didn't, like I don't, that i didn't i didn't really have a role model that i saw oh i'd like to be that right. now there are people i admire right right uh and there's but I, no, I didn't really. There wasn't like one. You know, some people have that like one person that's kind of like a north star for them, and I didn't really have anybody like that. It was more just like I just like stuff that was uh, that was surprising, mm-hmm. or or recursive, or just strange, uh, but still funny. 
Mm-hmm. And also, uh, sometimes there's things that I think are funny and just maybe not only a handful of other people think they're funny, but I feel like if I meet those people, uh, they're my people, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Now, there's something I don't think I've ever asked you before. Oh. Well, please. So you have two children who are now grown. Can you remember any time that you really bonded with them over comedy? All the time. My kids are hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And we used to, one thing we used to watch together a lot was Space Ghost Coast to Coast. We used to watch Space Ghost Coast (laughs) to Coast together a lot. So my kids were exposed to every genre of music Mm -hmm. and every kind of like comedy and stuff from the time they were really small Mm -hmm. and they're both hilarious and they're both really creative people my oldest right now is probably somewhere building a noise robot Uh, (laughs) (laughs) my youngest draws really well and uh they both uh and my oldest is a self-taught musician and technical person weird technical experiments and stuff but Mm -hmm. and my youngest is also really funny and is a good artist and dabbles a little bit in music Mm. so you come from coleman I do. Yeah. Can you talk about growing up in Coleman a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I can. Here's an interesting thing. I'll talk about the community I grew up in. I grew up in a community called Bethel. So I went K through 12 at a school called West Point High School, mm-hmm. which is still in there in Coleman County. I, I believe it's the largest county school. It used to be. I think it may still be. The interesting thing was is I was a, I was a weirdo from the time I was in kindergarten until I graduated. There was a story you told me about when you were in kindergarten. Was that yeah. 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 I, want to, okay. I want you to tell that. I will tell that in just one second. But <laughs> sure, yeah, sure. I have, I have one little story I want to tell first. I went to this high, this high school, and it was a rural high school, and it was very conservative. And the expectation might be that I would be bullied or picked on or misunderstood or whatever. The thing is, is like half the people that went to my school were related to me because my family lived in that area oh, for so long. Wow. And this is rural comedy. Like there were teachers who were I my I shouldn't be so surprised. You should not but be. I, uh, the, I, I had teachers who were my cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had my, my aunts, both of my aunts and their husbands taught at that school mm-hmm. uh, at one time. So like I'm a bit of a dynasty at West Point, part of a dynasty <laughs> at West Point High School, kind of a big deal. I was kind of their freak in a way. Like I was like that. I wasn't really bullied or picked on. I was weirdly tolerated. I wouldn't say accepted, but I was tolerated. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was amusing, probably. I think I was entertaining. Like, I, I, I tended to treat the school day like it was a gig. I would just try to find funny things to do and weird things to do. And I got C's. The thing that I told you about from kindergarten is my kindergarten teacher, Miss Burden, told my mother that if she needed to do something and could not you know, keep the kids' attention, that she would put me in front of the class and I would improvise a story. And I have no idea what I have no memory of doing this. I've been told I did this. Um, but, yeah, I would improvise a story or a song or something. I would just, like, perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So with Comedy Test Kitchen, mm-hmm. you said you formulated that idea a few years ago, right? Yes. So what was – did you have any expectations for it when you first thought about it or – I just wanted to, to be able to, to do sketch and character stuff and maybe weird ideas and, and be able to get them in front of people and see if they work mm-hmm. uh, and just have a, a forum for stuff like that. And then when Shenanigans opened, my friend Jesse Pollard, he uh, ran off to the desert. Now he's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to do that show together. I moved and then he moved, so we never really got to do it. So when I came back in town, I made the mistake of mentioning it to Kim mm-hmm. uh, and the Issue is if you ever mention anything to Kim Wilson or her wife, Jessica Cotton, you're going to do it. They're going to make you do it. (laughs) 
I work better if I have a date on a calendar that I have to have something ready by. And it, it really has to happen because you and Jesse are both board members uh, yes. at Shenanigans. Yes. And um, that's why we're doing it now. Matt Carter and I are producing it. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so we're really excited about it. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And that's what I like. I like something that teeters on the edge of triumph and disaster. That's what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. This so I'm this these last few years have been really good for me. Mm-hmm. And beyond Comedy Test Kitchen, do you have any aspirations long term oh, uh, in oh terms of word. comedy? Well, I'll tell you what I would love to do, and I don't know that I ever will do it. I would love to be involved in television somehow, like writing for mm-hmm. television. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to perform, do some more acting. But I would love to perform. And I don't. I don't. Wouldn't care about doing either of those things for a living. Mm-hmm. I would, there's a freedom in not doing a thing that you love for money, because you don't. You're not beholden to it. And you're free. You're free to do it or not do it. You're free to do it where you want to or where, wherever they'll let you. But when it becomes a job, then you're like somebody can take that away from you right. or whatever, and your livelihood's gone. So, but as far as like, if I could have a job like writing for television, like writing either like on a really good sitcom or. I would love to try to write for Saturday Night Live if the sleep deprivation wouldn't kill me. But I'm actually pretty good at sleep deprivation. I'm like an <laughs> Olympic level uh, un- uh, non-sleeper. That would be fun to do. So there are a few questions, Jason Sims, mm-hmm. that I and these funny you should ask oh, segments I know. on. I oh, listen to this show. All right. Yeah. Well, then I don't have to ask. No, I'm just kidding. Can you tell us any unique hobbies or talents that you might have? Hidden hmm. talents. It's weird to call this a hobby, but I'm a member of a secret international <laughs> seltzer society, which some had described as a cult, but it's not a cult. I mean, sure, we have a charismatic leader, and we take an oath of secrecy. Yeah. Um, and a T-shirt. And, there, and there's T-shirts it. and pins and stickers, and, and, mm-hmm. and there's, there, there are rights which outsiders are not allowed to participate in. Uh, but it's not a cult. No, uh, not at all. Yeah. John Solomon of Princeton, New Jersey, the Fizz Father, is the founder and leader of the... Something that has a leader called the Fizz Father is definitely not a cult. cult. If if you call your leader a father, that's not a cult. No. Uh, But no, if you you go on on the internet, look up the hashtag now fizzing. Mm -hmm. I'm really into seltzer water. Like, I love seltzer water. (laughs) I love seltzer water. I love it. Uh, Gero Steiner is my favorite seltzer water on earth. It's this German mineral water that tastes like a mountain. And you feel the strength <laughs> seeping into your bones. Now I'm getting passionate. You yeah, know, I was I talking about see. comedy, and I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, comedy's pretty good. Comedy's cool. Yeah. But you get me talking about seltzer water? Now you're now just going like, to, oh like, God, I blow the, the levels off the, yeah, off the you charts. People can't, you can't see the fire in my eyes, but it's mm. there. It's it's blue blazing. <laughs> um. <laughs> so that's it. Seltzer. Seltzer what? water is my hobby. What is your favorite corny joke or like a dad joke, laffy taffy joke? You know what I mean? Uh, Popsicle stick So joke. one that I think I made up, I may not that have made it up. That you made up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for when my kids were little mm-hmm. is uh, where do pirates go to lunch? Where? Arby's. Oh, my God. It's terrible. It's, like it's really bad. It's definitely a corny joke. No, that's, it's really awful. That's, you did it. But okay. that's what you asked for. So it's that's from what your I head, you. though. Yeah, you didn't I know, and take I feel it. Kind of, I'm proud of you. It. You didn't well, I, take it from a popsicle stick or anything. I'm a little, I'm a little ashamed of me because I wish I had, because <laughs> I would, I'd be able to blame the popsicle stick. Oh, yeah. Jason, who makes you laugh the most in your life? This is really hard because I know, I know a lot of funny people. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of funny people, but someone that more people should know more about, and someone who I have spent. 
probably more hours listening to than I've spent listening to anyone except for people that I actually have been around for my whole life and who is actually a friend of mine mm-hmm. is a gentleman named Tom Sharpling. And he is originally from New Jersey, and since the Clinton administration, he's done a show called The Best Show, which is a three-hour-long, they call it it's Mirth, Music, and Mayhem. His comedy partner, John Worcester, who is the drummer for The Mountain Goats and Super Chunk, they do these phone calls, these like kind of fake character phone call things. Mm-hmm. But then he also just takes random calls, and, they, and, and he can just talk extemporaneously about anything, and he, he is one of the funniest human beings on planet Earth. One of the funniest people I've ever met, one of the quickest minds. Mm-hmm. If you tell him a joke and it's funny, he will begin to laugh at it in the middle of the joke because he knows where the punchline <laughs> at the end. He's like one of the sharpest uh, comedy minds. Uh, Tom Sharp, he's also a television writer. He worked on What We Do in the Shadows, first season of that. Oh, okay. And he was a producer on the television show Monk for like mm. eight years, like the whole run, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's just super human being. He lives out in Los Angeles now, but he's and he's also just a supremely sweet and nice human being. He, I sent him an email when I didn't know him and he sent me back about asking for TV writing advice, which is an annoying thing to do. Uh, but he sent me back like a long, sincere email. Didn't know who I was from anybody and sent me back. Don't do that to him, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but he sent me back this long, sincere email with real advice and like uh, and shot straight about some unpleasant things about that business. And I never forgot that. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, but he's one of the funniest people. I've ever heard. Well, thank you for that, wreck, And thank you for being here today. Oh Is there goodness. anything else that you'd like to plug or talk about? Well, yeah, I want to mention, here's here's a cool thing about Comedy Test Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Is you, dear listener, within the sound of my voice, you could come to the kitchen and cook something because we want all kinds of perspectives and all kinds of ideas. If you have a sketch idea you have a uh, weird character thing if you have some like strange concept something that wouldn't fit in an open mic something that wouldn't fit any other kind of show we want to hear about it if you want to get in touch with me probably the easiest way would just be send me a message on instagram i'm at insta sims with one m because my family could not afford the other m (laughs) one m (laughs) at insta sims Two S's, but one M. Yeah, but there, but the S's, are, there's one S on one side of Sims and one S on That's the other side of Sims. That's why they couldn't afford it. Yes, because yeah. they, they had to buy the S's. Yeah. You have to have two S's for Sims. Yeah. So next Saturday, that's February 4th, at 8 o'clock, you can catch Jason in the Rocket City Improv Show, uh, the rom-com improv show that he talked about earlier. And then following that immediately at 10 o'clock is a free show yes. that's in an addendum to in the addendum. RCI show, yeah. uh, Comedy Test Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And 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 <laughs> it's at 10 o'clock, and it's free, and it's going to be crazy. It'll be crazy. I don't even know what we're going to do. I'm excited about it. <laughs> Well, thank you for being here today, Jason. Oh, thank you for having me. And dear listeners, stay tuned. Jason has handpicked some awesome songs we are going to play on the air presently. Did we pull it off? 